Welcome to Parents on Pitches podcast. My name's Damien. I'm Andy. I'm Matt. I'm Sam. And what we do each and every episode is we take a film or TV series from a popular streaming platform like Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus. Once we've all seen it, we come in here and we discuss it and talk about it. And we try to decide as busy parents whether it is something that you should invest your time in watching, especially if you've only got time for one thing to watch this week. And Andy, what is it we're covering this week, man? We're going to be looking at Amazon Prime's Sound of Metal, which is a 2019 American drama directed and written by Darius Marder. And it stars Riz Ahmed and Olivia Cook. Um, there isn't a lot more to say in terms of about introducing it. That is it. It's about it's a metal drummer who loses his hearing. That's all there is to really say about this film um, in terms of its when you're giving a description, but it's it's clearly it, there is a lot. The film is a lot deeper than that. But on the kind of the cover of it, that is what this film is: a drummer who loses his hearing. Um, and this yeah. this has won two Oscars, hasn't it? At this point in time, so this this got this got great reviews. Now, obviously, we're not here to review whether it's a good or bad film in the typical sense. We're here to kind of have a look to see if it's something that you might you might want to watch if you don't have an awful lot of time. But I think it is certainly worth bringing attention to the fact that it was a winner for best sound and best achievement in film editing. And it was nominated for best motion picture of the year. So this is this has got some kudos. This has got some credibility behind it. Um, and I, I don't know about, I mean, you three are the music guys. I'm, that's not really my cup of tea in terms of music films, not necessarily whether I enjoyed this one or not. Um, but this kind of flew under the radar for me. What about you guys? Um, no, I was pretty aware of it, I think, from... Um, um, I've been aware of it for a long time, actually. I, I can't even remember when. Um, I, I've only, I only watched it for the podcast, I, I'm, it's, but it's been on my watch list for a long time. Mm. Um, but no, I, I, was, I was aware of it, I think, Quite early on, and I'm not really sure why. I feel I've got a feeling that um, probably, probably to get it kind of in contention for the Oscars, um, there was definitely some buzz going on, some like advertising. I remember seeing trailers for it quite a long time back, before a long time before it appeared on Amazon Prime. Um, seeing trailers on like Facebook and stuff like that, and um, and I remember sort of seeing Riz Ahmed and seeing that it was a you know a movie about you know, metal and thought, actually, this looks like something I'm going to be interested in. When I then heard the Oscar buzz, there's other films that have been like highly praised in the, like generally Oscar buzz isn't something that gets me to like think, oh, I'm going to watch that movie. But this is one that kind of stood out for me, probably just with those couple of things. I, I do, I, I think Riz Ahmed is a great actor um, and I'm a big fan of metal. So um, <laughs> I was kind of like, these two things could, could go well, yeah. I think it's interesting what you're saying there about the Oscar buzz, because I, I often find Oscar buzz puts me off of a film sometimes. Yeah. Because I don't trust the, the Oscar committee to accurately um, you know, tell me what is a good film. To me, they're, they're a little bit like Ofsted, the, uh, the governing body for schools, in as much as they're, they're, there's, there's an agenda behind their decision. And I, I don't think necessarily that they recommend, you know, the, the best picture is always necessarily the best picture. So I do take that with a pinch of salt. Yeah, I, I, I a few years ago, I would have avoided anything with Oscar, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Oscar nominee or Oscar winner on, on the front cover. 
Um, but these days, I think I've mellowed out a little bit and and uh, I don't even pay attention to, to the Oscar buzz or, or, or any of the blurbs on the front of the, the, the DVDs. But um, this, I knew nothing about until it hit Amazon Prime. Um, I put it in my watch list and it's sat there since. And uh, I watched it last night for the podcast. Um, I put it on because I think on the front cover, it's got a guy drumming. Um, <laughs> mm. um, I like music films. Yeah, I thought this was going to be more like... Um, Whiplash? Whiplash. I've, just from the trailer, mm. I, it really, to me, because there was so much drumming in the trailer, it really felt like it was going to be more like Whiplash. And It is one of those classics. It's a bit like that whole thing of like Jaws isn't a movie about sharks mm-hmm. and all that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Like, it is that thing of like, it's not a movie about drumming it's not a movie about music there i mean like the 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 theme the subject matter of course there isn't going to be much music in it in a sense because the main character loses his hearing in like literally the first 10 minutes of the film um so it clearly isn't about that the one thing i was saying to you earlier though is that for someone who quite likes metal and i quite like things that are I don't know. I'm sure there's people. There's, I'm sure there's types of music that would be more kind of avant-garde than the things that I like. But what I was really hoping when the film started that it wasn't going to be like, oh, this is metal, and then it turns out, no disrespect, that it's actually just kind of like rock, and it's mm. like, oh, this is really heavy. I was mm. like, I was really glad when they did actually play that it was actually something quite abrasive and mm. quite like intense. I was like, yeah, this is you know, mm. I could see myself going to some scummy like pub and watching this band. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I wanted, I want to see that band. Mm. Like, yeah, yeah. I I was, no, 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 I don't think they're, I don't think they're an action. Oh, no, wait a minute, are you going to? So, I'm, I'm going to just because there was in the I looked at this because I, I found the whole thing really fascinating with, with the kind of the production behind this. There was a, a real band brought in initially to play this music, and it was real. I don't know if that made the final cut or not, but mm-hmm. there, there was an actual, a real band. I can't remember what they're called now. Um, so That's think, pretty cool. I think I found it on Wikipedia, so it's, it's not, yeah. But it was really interesting in that sense. And the actual production of the film, from writing through to production, has been you know, over a decade. It's a really long time. Wow. Yeah, and so because the, the chap who wrote it and directed it, he um he couldn't find the right people to to play those characters mm. and uh, maybe that's something we should talk about now actually the casting you know do, do you think they've got the casting right on this well when you look at it Riz Ahmed <clears throat> he's he's got a very interesting career I was just looking at his IMDB before we came on for this because I was like I've seen this guy before and he was he was in Rogue One which is where I recognized him from but more specifically he was in Venom he was the main bad guy, the business guy in Venom. I'm like, wow. Put up in front of you. Can, can you look? Um, because I, I, I first knew of Riz Ahmed in um, a film called Shifty. How early on is that in his career? Was there much before that? Because um, that to me was kind of very, very early. Um, it's an independent film. It's an, actually a really amazing film. We just probably don't want to talk about it here, but Shifty was made in. I think it was 17 days on a hundred thousand pounds um and it's it's actually a, a really remarkable film um but he was amazing in that and that's where he really stood out for me and then i didn't see much from him for a long time he was um he was in the kid adulthood mm. uh, adulthood brotherhood yeah. series 
Um, and so I, I remember seeing him then. And then he disappeared off. And then he came back as this, just this, you know, this Hollywood A-lister. Mm. And I think, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he was on the cover of Time magazine. Um, wow. as, as like, you know, the, the most successful person of the year or Jeez. whatever. And, it, you know, he really, his, his career from this film of 100,000, Pound. So according according to IMDb, Shifty was his ninth credited thing that he did, um, and he's got sixty one credits to his name. So yeah, Shifty would have been like in the in the early years of his career. Shifty was two thousand and eight, but funny enough, he was he was man was he working? Listen to this, ready? Shifty two thousand and eight, Baghdad Express two thousand and eight, Wired two thousand and eight, Dead Set two thousand and eight, <laughs> Riz MC Radar. 2008 this guy worked like solidly i was thinking to myself like i know i know i really respect him and like him and then i literally just literally took one like one second look at his imdb and i was like oh man he was in four lions that's such a good movie <laughs> he was in um nightcrawler which again ill manners he, he ill manners yeah he, he's done so much good stuff and, and again i i love his character in rogue one i think he he again he's fantastic in that i think he seems to be someone that can can like move between, uh, I guess, critically acclaimed uh, movies and do genre stuff He's, as well. Yeah, I I, uh, I I didn't really know he'd been in a lot of these big Hollywood blockbuster films until I I think he was on um, Joe Rogan podcast maybe three four years. I just some why how the hell is he on this podcast mm. i i know him from you know ill manners kid old hood yeah. um shifty i recognize the, mm. just lurked to recognize the front cover um yeah i didn't know he he hit this kind of yeah. blockbuster fame that's that, that's no, incredible actually i remember i remember him being interviewed on the Komodo mayo the five um five live uh, film review show and they, and he said there it's crazy because he he took like the example of like working on like some of these like low budget films where they'd be like, right, we need a chair for this scene. And they'd like go and buy a chair from the corner shop. For, and it'd be like, we can't break that chair because it's the only chair we've got. <laughs> so then being on like road one where it's like, we need a chair. We have like, 20 different options and we need, you know, five different versions and of each one. We're going to yeah. burn it at the end. Um, yeah. <laughs> and we're going to blow it up. But, but I guess to that, yeah, to him as the character, I... Yeah, I was I was so bought in, not just like the physicality of what he's doing, mm. the, the drumming, even mm -hmm. just the small scenes that we sequences we see in that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Again, it's really difficult, but it reminded me a little bit of you know we reviewed Peanut Butter Falcon, and mm. and I kind of that for me that was kind of like oh I'm seeing this this into this different world that I don't really understand, and this feels like an accurate portrayal, and it might not be you know mm -hmm. this was a bit like that where I was like this feels like what it would be like to be deaf but i don't know because i'm not and he doesn't know because he's not mm -hmm. but it it felt really i don't know he he, he seemed to whatever he did to prepare for this so, it, yeah it seemed, i can tell you so again when i was researching i looked into this two hours a day he learned american sign language two hours a day he was working out two hours a day he was learning to play drums so, and then the rest of the day he was spent with his acting coach. So Damien, what you were saying about him being a workhorse a minute ago, it's, it's absolutely true. And he really, and by all accounts from what I've read in different interviews, he basically didn't take a day off when preparing for mm. this. He wanted to have that sign language perfect. He wanted to have his physique in absolutely tip top condition. And he wanted to, um, 
uh, he wanted to be able to play the drums, legitimately play the drums. Um, he didn't. Uh, okay, I just on a side note, uh, I'm just going to tell you a little story. This is a funny story. So, um, and this didn't remind me of this in the film. It just reminded me now. When I was in my second year at university, I signed up to this. Um, so I did a degree in drama and I signed up to this casting agency and I put down that I could play the drums and I can't, I, I can't, I don't really know, even to say, I'm not really sure why I put it down. So I put down that I could play the drums and um, months went by and I'd forgotten about this. And all of a sudden I got a phone call from someone saying, hi, you know, uh, we want you to come and play drums on a music video tomorrow. It's quite high profile. Can you do that? Me being me, it was like, uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, no problem. Now I was in a band at uni at the time. And so got off the phone, went straight to my drummer and went, mate, can you teach me to play the drums? He's like, of course I can. I was like, can you teach me to play the drums before tomorrow morning? He's like, oh my God. <laughs> I went what to did you band. do? Did I you went... call him up and say, oh, I'm sorry, I've got a broken hand? No. So I went to his house and we did hours and hours and hours and hours of playing drums. And then I got the train to London from Winchester and I had my drumsticks <laughs> and I was drumming the whole way there. And I was just determined not to stop this beat because I knew as soon as I stopped, I'd forget. So I just beat, 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 beat. And then uh, got in and bass. So I turned out, and so it turns out I was playing drums for Alan Jones. You know, Alan, yeah, so right, and so it was two music videos, uh, both of which are on YouTube, and I will show you later on, right? And so I turn up, not being able to play the drums, right? And I thought, I've got this because I've got the songs, I've been listening to them the whole way there. I reckon I can take this, right? I've got it. So I get there, and they go, Can you just set the drum kit up over there for me? <laughs> right? I'm a singer, I've got a microphone, and I plug it into a, a lead, that's all I do. So I turn up, they've given me all of these, dr these drums and these drum bags. And so I'm taking the drums up, and I've got a clue. And this is at 5 30 in the morning, right? So I call up my drummer and I say, Dan, you got to help me, man. How do I put a drum kit together? And bless him, at 5.30 in the morning, he talked me through how to put a drum kit together over the phone. The most difficult bit was putting the hi-hats together because I had no idea how they worked. Managed to put it all together, blagged a whole day. I don't know if they knew I didn't know how to play drums, but nobody mentioned it at all. And both of those music videos are now on YouTube for you to watch. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... So Riz Ahmed, Riz Ahmed, Riz Ahmed, Riz Ahmed just, he was just trying too hard, man. <laughs> uh, but I didn't win any Oscars. So. Yeah, I'm not surprised you didn't win any Oscars with that performance. I mean, fair play. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of glad you're not a teacher anymore because there's no way that you can tell your students to put the effort in. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Give you all a lot of time. They did really make it. You've got to study hard, kids. Not according to the school of Andy, you know. They, they even paid me for it as well. I know. Incredible. Oh, man, that's brilliant. Right. Okay. So, something. <laughs> Wow, that's I wasn't expecting that story today. That's fantastic. Um, something I did want to talk about was the whole opening. It was really quick, and we get to him losing his hearing very, very quickly. Um, there were two things about this. I didn't know why to begin with. They were going through his morning routine. So they open up where they're playing, which is, you know, again, it, it, your cup of tea or not, whether you like the music, whatever, doesn't matter. Because it's only, it's only on screen for about two minutes, to be fair. And then they're going through this morning routine of the healthy breakfast and the coffee and, and all this jazz. I was, I was like, what, what, what are we doing? 
Why, why are we spending this time? And then all of a sudden, like the day goes by, and it's like he literally wakes up the next day, hearing's gone. For me, the shock of how quickly the hearing went was so impactful. It, the film had me hooked from that point onwards. Because I'm not going to lie, in, in the first five minutes, my, I, my attention was wavering already. I was like, I'm getting quite bored of this, so I, I hope something, anything happens. Um, you know, It doesn't have to be a big blockbuster, but it has to be something that engages me. And I was already getting bored. And then all of a sudden, the hearing goes, and I'm like, oh, oh. So what was kind of like your thoughts of the opening sequence and how quickly we got to the, the loss of hearing? Because for me, it was a massive impact. I, I actually was the complete opposite to you, Damien. I, I, when he was going through his morning routine, I thought how refreshing it is that we've given a space for this character to, to, to uh, for us to experience a, a morning of this, this character. Um, you know, you don't, don't often see it in cinema these days, especially mm -hmm. a film such high profile. Um, so yeah, the complete yeah. opposite, and, and I and that that two minutes of music at the beginning, I was mm -hmm. I was bitterly disappointed we didn't get more of that. If I'm yeah, perfectly honest, no, it was it was visceral, and I I wanted more. Um, but with him losing his sound so early, I think it his hearing so early. I think that was I think that was a big shift in the film, and I think it was an important shift to mm. to make it about his hearing rather than the music. Yeah. And I, I think, to your point, Damo, the way that that was done was so clever but effortless. Mm -hmm. Like, if I always, I have this thing of like, I always compare back to other stuff that we've reviewed. And I think back to like reviewing The Woman in the Window and how, how badly <laughs> things were displayed and it was just right like smack on the nose or I'm going to try and be smart and I'm going to fail like this like it was that thing of like we literally just heard the coffee pot the percolator drip mm. and then we hear it just deadened and absolutely mm -hmm. like the sound all kind of muted it's just so it was so impactful and like you say um, I was saying to Andy earlier, um, uh, it's a bit gross, but I get really waxy ears, okay? And um, so... I'm, I'm learning a lot about you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and whenever we go on holiday, we always end up going swimming, like a, a, like a, going in a swimming pool, and I'll do something stupid, like jump in or whatever, and then I'll come up and I'll be like, I can't hear a thing, because my ears are now blocked. That's, it happens every time, and Lauren's like, oh, again, really? And like this time, we went, recently we went on holiday, and I just woke up in the middle of the night, and I was like, I can't hear a thing. I literally, first thing I'm going to have to do in the morning is go and find, I don't know, something to like stick in my ears, because this is just a nightmare. Um, and, um, and it sounds stupid, because like there are people that are actually deaf, but when that sequence happened, it made me feel really, like my heart rate started going, because I could, I thought, imagine if that didn't change for me imagine if i woke up and it wasn't just that my ears were a bit blocked and i had to put some oil in there or whatever if that was my life from that point onwards and it it did make me feel i i had to kind of take a bit of a brief pause from it because i was like Oof, this is really hit me yeah I, I do think the sound design in this film is probably the best sound design i have ever experienced in a film mm -hmm. in as much as it was so simple but so effective this film i said sam earlier um I, I'm, I'm in a very emotional state at the moment, and this film really kind of tipped me over several points. It was really, it really hit me. And that initial thing of, I, I think I watched this film just full of anxiety, 
but not anxiety that I had before the film. The, the film filled me with anxiety mm. um, because I was living what he was and the sound design was part of that because you were really, you were put in his shoes. Um, and don't get me wrong, I'm not, like you said, I'm, I'm not trying to say I know what it's like to be deaf or anything like that, but the film kind of places you in such a way that you can't help but feel overwhelming empathy for him because his mm -hmm. music is his world, it's his life. Yeah. Without being able to hear everything that he strives for, everything he values is worthless. Mm -hmm. And I just, I really found that so emotional and throughout the whole film, but that beginning bit especially really kind of put me on edge. And then as you get to know him and you become more invested in him, oh my goodness, I was, I was a mess a couple of times. And I have to say as well, Olivia Cook playing the yeah. girlfriend Lou. I thought, like the way that they, the the relationship just in those first few scenes that was kind of brought up between them, where they, I think what was really nice as well was that it wasn't just kind of like that they were codependent. It was that actually they'd helped it. You could see they'd helped each other yeah. overcome things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then they had to find a way through this. There was a particular shot in in, in that opening scene where she was asleep and he, and he was waking her up with the with the drumsticks yeah. and and she had lots of scars on her yeah. wrists and that that particular shot there you I, I was almost painting what their their yeah. couple of years together yeah. however long they'd been together in this band was and it, it was just so effective yeah. it was just yeah. him waking her up but it was just bringing all these wild and my, my imagination was going wild Damien you quite often tell us that you don't like to be kind of signposted to a story and the history and everything and you don't want to be told and I felt this film did that very well in as much as you you knew so much about these people by actually knowing very little mm -hmm. um and that was really effective and I, I just there was I, one, oh. there was one bit of dialogue and I can't remember what point in the film it was where someone says to him how are you feeling and he just goes like, today is not a good day. Yes. And I was just like, man, there's like literally, you know how like, I don't know, other films that we've watched or whatever, just the dialogue just overdoes it mm -hmm. or it's just really like, there was so much, like so much in that one line that you just like, you could lock mm -hmm. onto it, like as a, just a human, like just so, the, the emotion. One of the biggest criticisms about this film online when you have a look is that the um, screenplay wasn't particularly strong. And I absolutely mm. disagree with that. I actually think the screenplay was one of the strongest parts about this because people didn't speak when they didn't need to. People didn't over-explain stuff. There wasn't yeah. unnecessary dialogue. And actually one of the beauties of this film is there were quite long periods of no dialogue and lots mm. of the acting was done through body language or facial expression. Yeah. And, and I loved that. Yeah. And another, another nice point as well is because, again, I always really appreciate it when we we go on a journey with a character um like we don't know they don't know and we don't know so we're going with them and the point the i remember specifically thinking there are no subtitles mm. like people are people are speaking in sign language and there is no subtitles and that's because he doesn't understand because he doesn't hasn't learned it yet yeah and so we don't get to see it either yeah. and i thought that was a really good choice i, yeah. I agree i i don't think that this should be criticized for its uh, screenplay at all um it's I wouldn't even go so far as to say it's basic. Um, I, you know, I would, I would say that the screenplay itself probably on paper looks quite basic because as you've already uh, said, it is so much about what's not being said. It's about what they're putting on screen. And you're absolutely right. I hate it when a film tells you but doesn't show you. 
this shows you everything it needs to, but it does it so um, not effortless, not effortlessly, but it does it so sparingly and it's so to the point that you only need a few moments to understand what they've been through. Exactly as you said at the beginning, I think it was Matt, where you you see the the scars on her arms and how these two characters are together and what their morning routine is like. You know that they have had to work over years to get to this point, and that is told in what thirty seconds. Whereas, as you said, Andy, a lot of other films, or I think it might have been Sam, sorry, you you can feel it, it's your time to have a monologue. Go and tell the audience everything. It's like, no, shut up and show us a bit more, which is exactly what this film does. And I think that they use silence really well. The, the soundtrack, um, there was very little music when, well, any of the time. It was a it was a very very quiet film, and it was used I think to reinforce what the character is going through. But also, it it had this whole sense of calm about it, which I think was really well juxtaposed when the character was having a meltdown because then you really felt the impact. Because before that point in time, whenever um, something is happening, it's usually it felt underplayed. It felt very calm. It felt very measured. Um, and so when you're having these bigger emotional beats, it really hit with an impact. It didn't need music to help with that emotional impact like other films might use because it had already done everything else really right up to this stage, in, in my opinion. A friend of mine told me to watch this movie with headphones in. Um, now, my wife wanted to watch it. Uh, I've, got, I've got a really nice pair of headphones. Um, you also got a really nice so. wife. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> Which one do you want to keep? <laughs> yeah. um, so I, I, we, we put out a got soundbar recently, and the, a subwoofer, you know, one of the nice. usual things. And um, a friend of mine, yeah, put, it, put it on, and you'll, you'll love this film. Um, and within the first 20 seconds, I turned the sub down a little bit because yeah. I thought, oh, that bass drum was the neighbors <laughs> were, uh, were too happy with me. Um, but then, and, and by the way, guys, I had no idea what this film was. I didn't even know it was going to go deaf uh, at all. And, and But as soon as he did, I could whack that sub off and the subtle, you know, the, it was so subtle with the, the little pops of the sub and mm. um, how they how they created that the sound of, of, of someone being deaf was mm. unbelievable yeah. and especially really blew me away. Yeah. And, and and this kind of ties into like the, the overall story arc. I was expecting throughout, I was expecting a I don't know, um, uh, one of those kind of like dramatic moments that you know he is he is unfaithful to her or she mm -hmm. is unfaithful to him or she abandons him. Or he um, relapses into drug use. Mm. I was expecting all of those things throughout, and none of them happened. No. It the there wasn't even kind of like a. I don't know. I think again, a plot plot spoiler. You can kind of see it coming. It's, it's it's signposted fairly well, but not in a bad way. He obviously gets the cochlear the the implant, cochlear implant or whatever. Yeah. 
um, which is almost presented as kind of like a defeat or a mistake or something that, I mean, it, it, it exiles him, I guess. I'd like to talk about that in a moment, about yeah. the part of the story, but yeah. But that, it was interesting because I was, I was kind of on edge expecting, and it's probably because I'm expecting things that I've seen in other stories. Um, and none of them came through. And I don't know, I don't feel disappointed about that, but it's very interesting that my expectations weren't met in that mm. way. Yeah. Um, I thought that was a really interesting part of the story. And again, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen this film, um, but he goes um, to get the surgery to have the cochlear implant. And then he goes back to um, the community that he's been spending time with, where he um, is a, it's a community of deaf people and they are living together. I, I don't know what you'd call that. Commune? Commune, maybe. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Um, and I just, I found that the bit so he he has the initial surgery and then he has to wait four weeks until he can have the um until they can activate the cochlear implant and i he goes back and he's essentially rejected from the um commune at that point that the chap who's running it basically says that we don't see being deaf as a disability um uh and by doing what you've done you've essentially ostracized yourself from the group and oh my goodness, that was a heavy I, I was in a, I was in bits. And mm. like, I thought like, again, I, I'm, I'm in a heightened state of emotion at the moment. And so I was particularly affected by it, but I just put myself in his shoes and just went, oh my, like he, what, what you need to know is that up, into, up, up to this point, he's all of a sudden, we've seen this like beautiful story of him really in a kind of growing within this community and becoming a better person within this community and all of a sudden he's just told no you've kind of you've broken the the golden rule and you can't be with us anymore oh mm. my god i just i hated it i really did i mean was, the, oh. the guy who i don't know the, the name of the actor who played that that guy but both of his parents were deaf in real life really yeah right. so he um actually he's a bit of a legend in the in the deaf community because he speaks um american sign language fluently as he had to growing up um but he was just fantastic incredible fantastic. He, he, he had me in uh, close to tears several yeah. times so that movie. yeah again the, the character that he portrayed it felt like that type of person that you just wish there's someone like that in every community yeah, that's yeah. Just, just given up there i mean clearly his his story is also one of like him being damaged and and having done things that you know he has regrets. a whole film yeah on, on yeah. his story doesn't he yeah, yeah. absolutely mm. yeah but um but no and, and the way that yeah the way that he welcomes um the way that he welcomes him in but then also like you say he the decision he makes sets him apart from sets him outside of that community and and again, I don't know whether this is a, a criticism, but the film takes a very interesting turn there, I feel like, the, the next section. I mean, we still have, I think, the, the, again, the sound, the sound design and showing actually what it's like to have a cochlear implant. Do you know, and, I'd, yeah, I'd be really interested to know how accurate this film is in terms of the cochlear implant part of the film mm. because that broke my heart i still know i could probably cry right now about mm. it actually i found that to be so emotional this guy who'd been striving to have his hearing back he has this operation and it gives him his hearing back but it's a 
a dreadful version of what we have in terms of hearing mm. and his disappointment at that just oh uh, do you know years ago so years honestly i know years ago so i, I played in bands for a really long time and um i'm gonna say it was probably 10 or maybe not 10 years ago seven years ago so we played a show and this girl came up to us at the end and she had had her cochlear implant activated that morning and we were the first live music she had ever heard in her whole life right and she came up and she started talking to us and she we really struggled to understand what she was saying because she'd never even heard her own voice until that morning and she basically she wrote down a bit of paper and one of the lads has still got it um but she basically explained that it was a life-changing moment for her being able to hear music and I wonder at the time I thought oh she can hear us perfectly you know I just mm. figured she could hear us but actually watching this I now think back and I wonder what did she hear and mm. being deaf and not hearing anything and then all of a sudden hearing that like I, I don't know I, there's so many questions I really I think it's and on, on kind of a tangent to that when when I was um I did like an intensive music course between school and uni and we had a guy come in who uh said like, if any of you if any of you are planning to be a professional musician have a career in music you need to protect your hearing yeah. you he said like, i the reason i do this is because i have tinnitus now from from being a, a session musician for over the years and i can tell you now you need to protect your ears and so he was like he's like i'm not you know i'm i'm selling your product obviously because he wanted just to you know buy into like the in-ear systems or whatever mm -hmm. that you can get shaped to your ears but um but it did stick with me and I do remember like coming back from gigs and thinking my ears are ringing this probably isn't good um uh but yeah it's really interesting to again it's really hard to know and I think that's one of the things that's maybe so impressive about it and maybe we shouldn't be so apologetic about well I I can't experience this but it gave you the emotion like it was yeah. that 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 disappointment and again the way that that then plays on throughout the movie and the way that it's shown i did find the last section of the movie with uh his character the character going to 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 paris i think it's paris, it it's paris yeah. yeah um i wasn't quite sure about that i don't know what you guys think oh, i found it. i found it I, I don't know maybe maybe i was expecting something different um but yeah i, I i'm not saying i did I think the ending was perfect, personally. I thought the end, the actual end of the film was perfect. But that section, I really didn't know where we were going with that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So, I, th I think that is kind of the point. I think what was really interesting about that is that I don't think he knew where he was going with that. So he'd sold his gear, he'd gone to Paris, he'd had this cochlear implant, but everything else was open. And when he got to Paris, things weren't like they used to be. She'd kind of moved on everything had moved on and I think that was that was intentional I mm. think um it certainly felt you know when you think back and you think oh you know my when I was 17 I did this and that was amazing but if you were to go and do it now it would never have the same magic <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah. I, the, I, I feel like it was that I feel like um we were vicariously living that through him yeah true and i think maybe um maybe you kind of see that journey of the character that maybe he went there thinking we're going to restart the band and i can yeah. get through this and maybe what we're seeing is his realization of that isn't going to happen that part of my life mm. is gone um 
and again maybe it was quite nice that actually they have that moment of kind of just appreciation of what they how they well, I, I don't know the words they, they spoke in the movie but kind of saved each other or whatever yeah yeah um yeah Damien, what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's no, it's it's lovely. I'm I'm very aware that out of the four of us, you guys are very much the the music fans here. So I'm just absorbing and taking in your opinions. I'm absolutely loving it. Um, in terms of like the the whole going to to Paris to begin with, I think I was there with you in the sense that I I wasn't a hundred percent sure where the film was going, but they leave the ending very. Well, it, it's open-ended. It doesn't bring it to a nice, neat conclusion because normally I'd be against this, but I think it fits perfectly with the tone of the film in the sense that this, this in essence, is not about music. It, it's not your typical... Well, yeah, it does have three acts, but it's not your typical three-act structure where, you know, you get to the end and then it's like, cool, everything is resolved. It's almost like the third act happens off screen after the film has, has ended. And so I think for this type of story, for what it's trying to tell, it is probably the perfect way to end the film in the sense that it doesn't, it is completely open. And so his journey is going to continue. It's just that it's going to continue completely off screen, which I'm gonna, I'm gonna, like this, I loved. I'm going to disagree with you a little bit there. I felt like that moment where he took the implant out and everything goes silent, that felt almost like the perfect conclusion that to was the story. A, that me. was a, a, for me, felt like that he, he'd, he'd abandoned yeah. them and he wouldn't need to go back to that commune. He wouldn't need the support from, from the, the, uh, the addict group anymore. I, I, I felt like it was very much his, his life he'd accepted that he was deaf. Yeah. But on that last kind of act, I'm kind of with you here, actually, Sam. Um, my my eyes at that point started going. I, I, I'm going to have to actually re-watch that last um, kind of 20 minutes because um, the focus definitely shifted. I, I, I don't know whether it was me or, or the movie, but I just felt like some, there was, there was a, sh a shift that happened. I and, yeah. and and it just didn't sit right with me. And, and on reflection now, if if they'd um, if they'd gone from um, him being forced out of the commune to having them turned on, and and then and then him taking them out, I wouldn't have really missed that 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 no. that section with, with in Paris. No, um, I, I love. But like that. I said. Um, I don't know what happened, uh, but but my eyes were feeling very heavy at that point. I would like to rewatch mm -hmm. it. I really loved it. I think the the moment where the um, I forget her name, his girlfriend, and her father are singing that song, and mm. he's standing there and he can't really hear it properly. And you, as the audience member, go from being able to hear it perfectly to gradually hearing what he can hear. I just I thought that was heartbreaking. Didn't do it. Really, didn't really, really considering how. How um, oh, no. touched I was throughout the film, and like I said, I was practically in tears. <laughs> a lot of it, I was mm. how, how I, unaffected I was by that last section of the film. I wonder whether part of it is that, um, and again, maybe I just didn't pick it. Then maybe there were some subtleties that I didn't pick up. But I, I know that there was a reference point to the fact that she was in Paris and that he sees the video of her performing. Mm. Um, and maybe when we get there and we're introduced to her father. 
um, and I can't remember the name of the actor. I know he played. He's quite famous, isn't he? Yeah, he played a terrible villain in a Bond film. <laughs> with, you know, terrible Bond film. So it's my only <laughs> reference point. But I um I almost felt like it was a world that we hadn't been introduced to enough. Mm. Like it, mm. it felt just kind of a bit out of place that oh she's got a French dad and he lives in this amazing little kind of compound and and. I almost, I don't know, maybe it would have been more impactful if we had experienced him seeing her play her music, her music, mm. not, but then again, it also told us something about her character and, and a bit of her journey. So I'm not saying it like absolutely derails the film. It was just something that was just a little bit sort of off kilter for, for me. It could be the reflection, you know, he didn't look exactly like I was out. He was having the best time there. Mm. You know, he 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 looked pretty bored at that party. Um, you know, perhaps, perhaps I, I was feeling that boredom with him mm. at that point. Um, but it's <clears throat> by any means did not damage the the reputation of this no, film, so, um, for me anyway. Sometimes incredible. I find when you have somebody who writes and directs the film um, that. Things like this, perhaps, and I, I don't actually feel this way, but sometimes things can get lost because there are the person who wrote it and is now directing it is assuming you're on the same journey as them. Mm. And in fact, sometimes things need to be signposted a little bit better. Um, so I wonder if it was a case of that. I actually think that the, it was a good thing the person who wrote this also directed it because. I think that in terms of when it comes to something like a screenplay, interpreting this as a screenplay mm. would be monstrously difficult. And I think that <laughs> they actually did a really good job of that. Yeah. So I think that was a good thing, but maybe the trade-off for that was this scene. Maybe the director actually had a, a, a different perception of, of what you experienced whilst mm. watching it. Mm. Yeah. I think you make a good point there, Andy. Yeah. I, um, I also think, I don't thinking about those those scenes that kind of you know those were a little bit jarring some of the bits that i felt were really i don't know well placed and worked really well were some of the scenes of him kind of almost like growing into his deafness the the scene with him with the school children yeah, and i'd love to think i don't know i'd have to check i'd love to think that they actually used they did, yeah, there we go yeah, it's yeah. a class of, of, of deaf you know, deaf children drumming on um, the slide. Jesus. That, yeah, Brilliant. that was amazing. Uh, absolutely amazing. That yeah, that slide scene. Oh, and that it, boy's face whilst he's doing it. Oh my! Oh, I can't. <laughs> but again, it's, it's 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 great. It's great because again, it's that whole thing of going on a journey. Like he, they're both they're both going on a journey together. He could see that that kid needed to to, to have time alone, and that they could do that together. Um, and um, and as well, like the, the the commune, and I just really, I really bought into that kind of like um, a little little kind of little crap shack in middle America, kind of like it's just all odd furniture and stuff. Like it feels like some like I don't know community halls I've been in and, and in previous jobs and things where people are just getting on with life and doing stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, and um, and there was some really like nice bit like that whole thing of like the. There was this weird little sequence where he's been given his job, which is to go and sit in a room and write, and 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 he's got the coffee yeah, and the donut, was... and and it's really yeah, like yeah, <laughs> smashes the donut yeah. and then puts it back together and then smashes it's, it again. Yeah, I know it's a really yeah. and just you, the way that he's working through things. Mm. Yeah, when you talk about um, expectations not being met, um, and not necessarily in a bad way, um, that that scene where he where he was first put into that room. Um, I thought we were going to get some kind of 
life lessons mm. out of this room. It didn't turn into any of that, really. Mm. Um, we saw him scribble a few notes down in the book, smash a donut up, mm. uh, scream a little bit. But the, it wasn't it wasn't a it wasn't a, a pivotal point that I think it was set up to be. Mm. It was it was it was an opportunity for for yeah. them to make a, a real big deal about this particular point mm. but it wasn't it was and I'm pretty sure that that was probably a nasty cup of coffee and a stale donut but I really wanted to I, I was really like <laughs> I'm jealous of a donut for breakfast I'll start my day like that yeah that'd be nice coffee and donuts can I just talk about my biggest gripe for this film? And it's something that really, whilst I was watching it, I was invested, thoroughly invested emotionally really loved this film the quality of the video in this film, the footage right it started to really excuse my friendship and get on my tits <laughs> right this film was, this film was clearly filmed on if it wasn't okay but I, I i'm gonna say it was clearly filmed on film i don't think this film was filmed digitally mm -hmm. right that pissed me off Why? because i don't see the point okay we've for, so from a filmmaking perspective someone who makes film Mm. I don't understand uh, why you would choose to use film over digital. Digital provides a much better picture quality. The same as when people say, I listen to records because records sound better. They don't. Okay, they, the quality. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the middle here. <laughs> <laughs> the quality of of music so the, yeah. okay and i'm not i'm not talking about the when we talk about quality i'm talking i don't know how to determine it but I'm, I'm talking about not your as a listener or as a viewer your satisfaction but as the actual product the quality of music is better from digital music the quality of video is better from digital it is so i i i completely disagree okay um and i thought you might and when I, <laughs> you know, as i was watching it i thought matt's gonna have something to say about this yeah. because I, I just found it was unnecessary this this film would have been equally as good if it had been digital and i don't understand that decision to make it analog so i i i like well, i haven't done it for years actually but i like taking photographs quite a lot. I think we mentioned last podcast, street photography. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, analog for cameras was the only way to go with that. Uh, digital, everything felt far too clean. There was no grain. Um, they, too polished, okay. too polished. And, and this, this, uh, well, what does that mean too polished? Because, and that's something that- Too, I too clear, too artificial. There, 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 there is a, there is a um, film was originally used, mm. you know, did, obviously they, they, when cinema was first created, they did not use digital cameras, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know if you've ever seen any, any old films on the cinema screen. Oh, yeah. um, they are incredible. I saw Seven Samurai in the, in, oh, in the wow, okay. cinema once. Uh, project on the screen and the picture quality will be better than any 8k because 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 the fidelity is there because it is an actual transfer from 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 um light on onto onto a onto a film so the fidelity will always be there with with it with the actual film 
Uh, it, it feels to me more um, of a romantic thing. Uh, it and, feels a, a more emotional than it does practical. And I, I think that... But, but does art need to be practical? Not at all. Not at all. I wouldn't. Uh, I don't tend to. And I, again, I know you'll disagree with me on this, but I don't look at films and think of them as art. And I don't, you know, I don't, and I, I, I just don't, and I don't know why, mm -hmm. but I think of them as, as products. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's probably my training and mm -hmm. the way I've, you know, I don't, I don't make films for artistic purposes. I make films for, as products for companies and for people. Mm -hmm. and I guess that's my upbringing. And so I see them like that, but I, I just, I feel that it's, it's so unnecessary because you know let's let's take their their song at the beginning that they're playing um her guitar sounds bloody awful. okay let me flip <laughs> let me flip um it's full of distortion it's not a natural but you sound. but if you yeah. were in the room with them then that's what it would have sounded right. like and that's what yeah. i liked about that was the sound mm -hmm. was really good so i'm going to interrupt yeah. you guys quickly we are looking at reviewing Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, mm -hmm. Tarantino film. Tarantino only films on film. Mm -hmm. He doesn't. He doesn't use digital technology. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I wonder if you can tell me the difference between that and this, because when you watch that, you would never know it was filmed on film. Okay, mm -hmm. I say that it's very warm. It feels when mm -hmm. you're watching it feels mm -hmm. very warm. When you're watching this, it felt like they had added a an iMovie filter over the top to mm -hmm. make it look like film. And I yeah. don't think they had done that. I think they had just rough and ready used 24 frames per second film and it just felt old and unnecessary to, and, to me. And I mean, any, anything above 24 frames and I start kicking off. <laughs> <laughs> I see a film in, in yeah. 60 frames or, yeah. you know, no. my TV's on pitch uh, movie mode and it's 100 yeah. frames per you know, second. No, I actually, Jeez, I, I'll agree with you on that. I went around a friend's house not long ago and there was a film on and it felt like the characters could jump out the screen at you. It actually, it's a very, it's a really... Well, I think it's the uncanny valley thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's that, and I can see what, again, I am literally in the middle here, but more, more in the sense that I have no discernment. Like, I probably couldn't tell you whether something was digital or film. I just don't have an eye for that. But um, I, I can take your point about, like, that whole thing of, like, things being almost too real. Like, mm -hmm. and, and that's the, the maybe the problem with, um, and, and I guess if you take something like um, 3D, um, I know very mm -hmm. different subject, but there's kind of some, some, you know, that for me, people will be like, oh, but it's like, it's like it's coming out of the screen or whatever, but it's like, it's not. There are points where the screen stops and all you've done by adding 3D is make me more aware <laughs> that I'm watching a film. You're right. You're you've absolutely taken right. me out yeah. of the film and now yeah. I know what I'm doing. I'm not sucked into the story. Absolutely. Whereas I could see like, a, I don't know, I could watch, I don't know, I was watching an episode of DuckTales, the new one with, the, with my daughter the other day. And it was like, they were taking off, um, it was like a parody of Astro Boy, the old um, anime. Mm. And I was like, I was sat there like, this is so cool. And then like, <laughs> oh, this isn't for you. Yeah. And I'm like, no, this, this is great. Anyway, the, my, my sort of jumping in point on this would be, I, I remember a while back, I, I was part of, a, I was a panelist at an expo, uh, no, a, um, a convention uh, when, uh, when I was doing stuff for StoryMix for writing. And um, they, in the evening, we had like a, uh, a, a kind of a pub debate. It was a bit tongue in cheek, but the idea was that we had my side with me <laughs> completely underqualified, me and a guy who was like a data scientist that now works for Zynga Games. And he's wow. like an absolute yeah. 
like brain trust like and then and then um some like really experienced writers we were on the digital side and they were on the the um the you know the, the analog the so the idea was in terms of like books and games which is better digital and you know my argument was you know digital is you know the accessibility the fact that you can share these things mm -hmm. you know and 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 actually there were there was someone that piped up and was like actually i'm dyspexic and having ebooks has allowed me to actually be able to read because mm -hmm. i can change things mm -hmm. and, and but then on the other hand the, you know the, the other guys were like oh so you're going to say you're going to save that email and treasure it and hug it and keep it or whatever no but you would with a book mm -hmm. yeah um so i kind of i get it yeah. but i'm kind of sat in the middle mm. literally i'm sat in the middle between you two for, for, <laughs> yeah, so for those who can't see uh the lads are over um drinking which is cool i'm i'm here because my son's not very well so i dialed in from zoom for me i think i think the decision to use digital or to use uh film and this, this was shot on 35 millimeter um where did you find that demo because i searched for that earlier i was really looking for it <laughs> i googled it i i literally, oh, okay. literally <laughs> literally typed into google what was sound of metal filmed on and it came up with like 20 I websites use, i don't use google anymore demo don't you know that <laughs> 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 anyway <laughs> oh bless you it's got part of encyclopedias yeah right exactly <laughs> let me just check i send smoke signals when i need help <laughs> But I, for me, I, th I think I think the decision to use digital or to use uh, film is it, it, it's a it's sometimes it's practical, and a lot of the time they said in this in the in the articles that I was reading that it was for practical reasons. They wanted a small camera that they could fit into the really small areas that they had, uh, i.e., the RV, and so film made more sense on a practical level. But I also think that it's kind of more down the lines of when a director. Or cinematographer, uh, cinematographer, when they decide to use different hues and different colors and different aspect ratios, it's like I think it is very much on the creative side of things. I mean, it's like we did um, uh, Army of the Dead, and the depth perception in that was unique for a film, to say the least. And I think whether to use um, film or whether to use digital is much more of an artistic choice than anything else, which Andy is possibly possibly why you're struggling with it in the sense that from a practical standpoint other than the fact that the cameras are smaller because that's one of the reasons that they used film so they could get it in tighter spaces well, well, well i know what you're gonna say absolutely not true gopro etc um iphone shooting 4k they're tiny that's not true yeah but iphones are so inferior to like everything else and no, um no, and you're absolutely right but my point is you can get 4k cameras that are smaller you, than you, you, you're abs you're absolutely right on the practical sense yeah um, but I, I think it's very much an artistic choice and i think sure. as an audience member you are either gonna like that or you're gonna hate it and it is gonna rub against you it's like the oh. depth or you'll be Sam sat right in the middle. And I actually think that most people are going to be in Sam's camp for this. I actually think because when I say it really pissed me off, it was, I think it's because I have that kind of pre-written inside me mm. and I'm aware, I'm, I'm subconsciously looking for that. And so I think that actually, had I not had that within me, I wouldn't have noticed. And did you notice? Is that something you yeah. really noticed? Yeah. I mean, the last thing I'll say on this, um, 
you take a, a film that, that's filmed on film um, and when 16K is available in five years' time, it will make a great conversion. But, but you, you, you take a film that's filmed in, on a digital camera of today and you have to upscale that to, to 16K and it's not going to look as good. Um, I, so, I you know, fully the, agree with you. The, the, the longevity of, yeah. of, of that's of, a really, I remember talking about that. I recently saw some Charlie Chaplin stuff that was done in, in 4K. Unbelievable. And that, that blew my mind actually, because when you talk about something like Charlie Chaplin in 4K, you think that's ridiculous. You can't do that. And then all of a sudden you watch it and you think, oh, yeah, because it's mm. film. Of course you can yeah. do that. And that's Charlie a really Chaplin interesting. Um, I, I, until you said that, I would never have even thought about that. That's really interesting. Another kind of interesting comparison for me is um, over over lockdown, I think I said to you guys, I got really, really into the remake of Doom, the 2016 Doom. <laughs> yeah. I, had nothing to, I had nothing to do. I was like playing until like into the middle of the night. I was, I was like, just what I, I was watching. You played your headphones on, right? Uh, no, no. Oh. <laughs> but um, yeah, so... I got really into the soundtrack as well by Mick Gordon because it's just this really amazing industrial metal soundtrack. But there was a lot of controversy because when he made the soundtrack for the follow-up, Doom Eternal, people were like, there's something missing. Like, there's not kind of the, the depth. And when you go and watch back the videos of him making the first one, like he was oh, like, he was, good. he was using like a, a Russian synth. Oh, wow. and, but but to that point, someone would watch that and just be like, "Why do you need to find a Russian synth? Mm. You've got a computer. Just literally use yeah. something. That, you know, like I don't understand what the point is of of, of you know plugging all these cables in at the back I guess or whatever." That's Matt's that's sound. Matt's point. The difference mm. between kind of product and art, mm. and that's yeah. I guess, and I I absolutely do see that. It just it re I found it to be unnecessary whilst I was watching mm. this, but. I can fully appreciate all perspectives. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that has a very political answer. Well done. Well done. I always think, do you know what? If, if a film, I was going to say if a film is good, it will pro provoke conversations in all different ways. We've had some really bad films that have actually provoked mm. conversations, so that doesn't necessarily apply. Um, I guess maybe the worst film that you could have would probably be one that actually there's nothing to talk about. And do you know what? I'm, I'm really glad I, I didn't join you for the uh, woman in the window conversation because honestly, I had nothing to say about that film other than <laughs> shit. Well, that, that was, yeah, we got we got to that we got onto that point. I spent a lot of time right. on that point. But I didn't. Yeah. I didn't have anything else to say about it. You, um, if you listen to the end of that episode, I tried to shut the conversation down during the introduction. Um, and I kept, <laughs> I, I kept that intro in at the end of the episode. I literally tried to end that episode within about 20 seconds. Uh, um, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, yeah, anyway, I, I, despite what we just spoke about, I don't think that affected my, my view. I was aware of it. I was consciously aware of it, but I don't think yeah. that took anything away from the quality of this film. And, and to that point, I think that there'll be some people that will watch this, and if you don't like an unresolved ending, I'm just going to say it outright, you will not be happy. Mm -hmm. like, no. I, yeah. I, I watched this on my own. If I watched it with my wife, she would turn around to me and say, well, that was a stupid ending. Um, and and she'll, she'll be annoyed because she hates, hates the resolve. Yeah. So do I. I'm with you on this, Matt. I, I felt like that was the perfect conclusion. Yeah. No, again, I'm, I'm with Sam on this one. I thought that this was a two-act structure and that the third act is going to happen off-screen. But well, I thought that that was the right thing to do. I should clarify. I should clarify. I, I, I'm saying I do appreciate 
the where it ended, and I think that yeah. was a good point to, to end it. But I can see people coming with that as a critique, mm. uh, and I don't know whether that will. I mean, it's not going to affect whether I'm going to recommend or not recommend, but um, but I can expect someone saying that, and you just have to say, fair enough. It is what it is. It's, I'm not, it's like I'm not going to persuade you. It's like I don't know if someone was like, "Well, I like I like that film, but I absolutely hate metal. It's the worst genre in the world." And I'm going to be like, "Okay, fine." Pick the wrong film. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not even yeah. a film about metal. Yeah. Before, yeah. before we before we kind of wrap up, and I, I don't know if we have much more to talk about, but um, I just want to get back to Matt's point at the beginning where he said that um, he wanted more from the music. I was disappointed that there, we didn't spend, I understand why, but I'm disappointed we didn't spend more time with the band. I loved that opening sequence. I loved it when we saw him on the drum. And I thought the way that the, that the camera worked at that mm. point where actually we didn't see the band performing necessarily as a whole band or anything. We weren't given all these multi-angle shots. We were given a wide angle shot of him or not even a mid shot really of him performing behind his drum kit and just thriving. I loved it. I loved it. I wanted more of it. I could probably watch hours of it. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. And from a, like I think I said earlier on, but I, what I was really pleased with was that it genuinely was um, like the the drumming that he was doing, like the the blast beats and the the double kick stuff. Um, I was I was like, yeah, this is this is proper yeah. metal. Yeah. It's maybe not a type. It maybe is a subgenre that maybe I wouldn't necessarily go in for and listen to all the time, but again it, it did it pulled me in i was it get put a smile on my face because it mm. felt like actually this is this is actual this is you know you you've not you've not taken a shortcut here and just given us a few power chords and a little drum beat it's like <laughs> this is this is yeah yeah there is a there is a danger and i think this is why perhaps it, there wasn't much of it um so my dad would absolutely love this film he you know he would love it but he would he would not enjoy that music whatsoever right. and i think perhaps in the beginning if there was too much of that Turn people he, he may have yeah. turned it off yeah. and um for some people the the phrase the sound sound of metal <laughs> wouldn't actually Mm. Would they, they wouldn't think of of metal music. It's an interesting um, name, isn't it? Yeah. It, it is. Do you think it's a play on the sound of music? <laughs> never never crossed no. my mind. Oh, no, I, I thought about it. Earlier on when I made that, before we started recording, I said, about, we're going to do the sound of music. And I wondered then, I wonder if it is a, a play on the sound of music. I... No. <laughs> no. Thank you, Dave, for clearing that up. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> I, I don't think that they would ha even had that in mind. No, uh, okay. put this together. Uh, the title together. Opening shot when we, you know, like mm -hmm. you say, we, we, we saw him uh, sat at the drums. I kind of wanted to stand up and limber up and get ready to mm. jump around in a mosh pit. You know, I was ready. Yeah. I was ready to go. Um, I. I just don't know how long it lasts, but <laughs> not as long as not as long probably as I used to. Let's say that, yeah. Um, I'm more a stand at the back and nod uh, a bit now and think about how difficult it's going to be to get back to the car after gigs finish. Um, <laughs> in comparison to the old days, um, if, we... if I leave before the last song, I'll beat yeah. the traffic. Shall we slip up? Shall we slip up? To the 
Otherwise, we might have an extra pound on the car. We've definitely yeah. got old, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, should we? Um, should we wrap? Should we do up? it? Yeah. It's, uh, I know I yeah. say often, but can I go first? Oh, yeah. Go, oh, <laughs> go for it, Andy. Go for it. Floor is yours, man. I, mean, I think this has been clear from everything I've said. I love this film. I thought it was brilliant in every way. I don't, even though I, I have a gripe about the, the film, I don't think I took anything away from the quality of watching this film. It is easily the best film I've watched in the last year. Um, and I would highly recommend this film. I think if you've got time to spend, and I will just, as a warning to that, it is emotional. If you, if you are in an emotional state, uh, if you've got lack of sleep because your kids are not sleeping at the moment, it's a, it's a challenge. And honestly, I did. I cried several times during this film and I really, um, I just, oh, I loved it. I really did. And I just, it, it really resonated with me in a really positive way. I really, I'd highly recommend this. Nice. Sam, you're next in line. Why don't you go next? Cool. Well, um, I can only echo the same. I, um, I think that it's a, it's a triumph in the sense of bringing you in and, you know, really doing that show, don't tell, but in kind of obviously a, uh, with the sound um, and the lack of it. And, um, and I think, again, it is, it is very emotional. It's very, um, it, 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 it definitely got to me um, in, in a strange way, you know, in a film where not, not too many things are happening in terms of action. It, it made me feel very intensely the the emotions of the characters. Um, amazing performances from Riz Ahmed and um, uh, Olivia Cook um, really believed in their relationship. Um, and for the slight misgivings I have about you know maybe one element of the movie, um, I think it's just um, really really beautiful and. Um, made me see made me see things in a in a different way when it comes to how life would be impacted without the, the ability to hear and, and going through that so yeah it's 100 percent a recommendation for me and matt oh uh, well this de definitely a recommend um it's funny one of the best films i've seen all year um and I'd put I'd put Whiplash up there, and it's funny that it's it's a film about two drummers, uh, <laughs> one about that has a lot more music in. Uh, this this one didn't. I perhaps would have liked to see more music, but it didn't really detract from how great it is. Um, my uh, I had a lump in my throat majority of the film, and even though the end um, I was a little bit disappointed with, if I'm honest, um, I can't wait to go and watch it again and. Uh, think i'll probably do that when i get home this evening it was mm. a fantastic movie nice I watch it so i um i i think that the film was was superbly made i liked the fact that it was done in film i thought that that added to the story that it was trying to tell um because I, I thought it was very underplayed and i think that overall the i've got a problem here's the problem it's not sci-fi. <laughs> uh, although I'm a big fan of sci-fi. I'm not a fan of music films. I don't think this is a music film. So for me, it kept my attention. I loved the story. My biggest concern, if you are a tired parent, and this is even remotely not your cup of tea, 
I am worried that it's not going to hold your attention. I could even maybe see you falling asleep because of how underplayed scenes are. They've gone for a very subtle approach, which I personally really appreciated. So in terms of a personal enjoyment level, sure, I'll probably go and watch it again. But if you're a busy parent, you've got one thing to watch. I don't think I can recommend this. I tell you, it's a good job you're not in the room right now. There's some smackdown being laid. Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to whoop that ass. I've noticed the trend in this. You are probably the best at your poker face when it comes to like the. Don't play poker face. It's brilliant. Recommend. No, actually, I won't recommend it. It's, it's, uh, it's, do not, you know, yeah, I, do, I do see Damo's point, and I don't yeah. necessarily agree with it because yeah. I actually think that you would be missing out on something quite brilliant. But I do understand that if you are really tired and you are really emotional, this film could really. Well, just be... look at Andy, it absolutely destroyed him, and he is both. I loved it. I loved it, Damo. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed this film. Honestly, I wish I was still teaching so that I could show the students this film because nice. this film does so much that films with budgets of you know nearly a billion dollars can't do. This what? film is so much in terms storytelling it was the perfect storytelling let, let me let me preface my no then so if you are looking for an absolute absolute masterclass in filmmaking and storytelling this is it if you're a busy parent who's looking for some friday night entertainment this is not it oh. <laughs> sorry <laughs> well this is the thing I always think, like you know, if um, uh, our, our our four listeners, um, which, is, <laughs> which is us, um, uh, yeah, whoever, you know, whoever is listening, you, you, if you've listened to a few episodes, you probably kind of like can pick out amongst us absolutely towards yeah. and who you kind of go, do you know what? Actually, mm-hmm. that probably is me. Um, and and so I, I think I think it makes um, uh, it makes sense. I always again I think back to when we reviewed um, we reviewed Dogville. Mm-hmm. There's so much, so much good to say about it. So much that stuck with me on that, but I didn't recommend it. No, I don't think um, anyone's recommended that. I, yeah. I, I didn't recommend it and I don't regret it. Yeah. It's yeah that would have been an amazing piece of theatre to see. But as a I, I am fairly certain that this is going to be another quiet place for me. I didn't recommend it and I regretted not recommending that. <laughs> yeah. We'll revisit. So quiet yeah. place too is... In cinemas or coming to cinemas? Or? I think it's been and gone. Been in cinemas and coming <laughs> streaming soon. So maybe we could do that because, oh my goodness, let's do that. <laughs> Quiet place too. Yeah, as soon as it arrives. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I am glad that I'm not in the room with you three. Um, <laughs> we, we definitely beat you up once the record buttons up. Yeah. It's it's a masterclass I'm, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. But for the purpose of this podcast, I don't th- I just don't think I can recommend it. Just, just for everyone's benefit, um, Matt has just informed me and Andy that we wouldn't be able to beat Damien up. <laughs> Not when professionally. He is literally. Oh no, I've been doing the fighter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing martial arts for twenty years, and I teach it for a living. So your classes are slim. Yeah. <laughs> We're in a room with a ladder. Um, yeah. yeah, in a room with a ladder, yeah. and one bloke who can't stop crying. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna do a really good job beating them up, aren't we, guys? <laughs> uh, yeah. You're right. I'm a very placid human being most of the time. Um, cool. So, gents, uh, anybody want to add anything else? Not to the film, but I would like to add Ooh. that 
Um, I've, I've been really encouraged by um, some of the stuff that's been going on, on social media recently. So if you are listening to this, um, please get involved on our social media, get onto Facebook, let us know what you think about what we're doing. The feedback is really worthwhile. I think it really kind of adds to what we're doing and it kind of spurs us on. And if you've got any recommendations or anything like that, you know, let us know. We're always looking for new films and, and different bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, not, not to do with the film, but just do with the podcast in general, you know, let us know what you want and we, we will deliver. I mean, you might not like it, but we will deliver. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a great place. And given that you're on social media, where else can they find us other than the Facebook, Andy? So you can find us on Twitter, you can find us on YouTube. Um, I think that's it. <laughs> oh no, you can find us on Twitter. Oh my God, you can find us on Twitter. Get on Twitter. We're on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Um, yeah get in touch awesome and of course you're already listening to us so i'm I'm not sure why people put this in at the end of the podcast we're probably going to stop at some point but you can also listen to us on anywhere that you would find your podcast itunes (laughs) you know but something that really helps out um is whatever platform you're using go rate and review us it just helps us get seen because as we're very aware of Everybody in the auntie has a podcast at the moment. It was just one of the byproducts of being shoved into lockdown for a year. Um, nobody had anything to do and uh, everybody started making podcasts. So yeah, go give us a five-star review, anything less than that. And uh, well, I don't care really. I'm only interested. <laughs> I'm not going to read anything below five stars, so I'll just totally I mean, ignore I mean, it. It's fine. You. I will just, I'll just cry until you change it to a five-star review. So whatever (laughs) anything lower than five stars and i just ignore it i don't believe in bad press um cool so we uh yeah we got to get better with these outros i've been damien i'll catch you later guys all the best guys listen to us next week see you guys take care